Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so, no one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown. Oh, I'm in a mood. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Nerdette Recaps, Game of Thrones with Peter Segel. I am Greta Johnson. And I'm Trisha Bobita, and we are joined by Peter Segel, who says he's in a mood. I am in a mood, and I was thinking, <laughs> for the last couple of episodes, we've had this joke where we will somehow recapitulate the prior episode in our own conversations, and I said, in order to recapitulate, I said to myself, myself, I said, in order to recapitulate last night's <laughs> episode, start. we'd have to do something incredibly stupid and destructive that we had already done before to terrible, stupid, and destructive results, and then we'd have to go blindly do it again. Hmm. And the best thing I can come up with, it doesn't any good because I've already remarried. <laughs> so far, it's worked out better. Okay. Than, uh, but no, I, oh my God. And if you survived the wedding itself. Yes. As we said, I'm in a mood, especially about certain tactics that Danny and Tyrion keep doing. Oh. Moving on. So today we are rehashing season eight, episode four. Yes, we are. And that is called The Last of the Starks, which is a more ominous title than I feel like the actual Stark storyline was. Yes. It, 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 so far. Right. Anyway, we didn't lose a Stark. You thought you were going to. It maybe. was the first time in a long time we had a family meeting, though. Yes. And I she almost said that. The she meeting. almost said she almost said we need to have a family meeting, but what she said was <laughs> we'd like a word, but it ended up being that. It reminded me of Tobias Funke in Arrested Development saying Maybe we're having a family meeting. On her way to the family meeting. Family meeting! <laughs> <laughs> Made me very happy. So we open the show on just like the feet of a dead person. We're yes. not sure which dead person it's gonna be. Turns out to be Jorah. We have crying Danny. Yeah. And crying Sansa, which I did think the parallels of those two both sort of mourning a person who was important in their lives yes. was kind of lovely. I will mourning admit so- that I got a little bit of like a goosebumps emotional reaction to her putting her Stark pin on Theon. Or yeah. as, as Steve Johnson of the Tribune called it, the, 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 the prize letter opener of Winterfell. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I mean, I know the meaning. It was like, oh, you shall die a Stark because you were always one of yeah. us, which is what you really wanted to be. But come on. Anyway. <laughs> wow, you, okay, okay. I'm okay. in a mood. I also, I, got I, it. I, I was like, it. I liked it. I liked how come it. only the principal characters get a moment to say goodbye? There were like, I don't know how many thousands of corpses yeah, arranged in an interesting pot. Why don't you have like some person we don't know weeping over somebody? Come on. It was another example of, oh, did the Dothraki and Unsullied matter to no one? Oh, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's nobody un- cared. That's uncomfortable yes. part of the yes. show for sure. Yeah, pretty problematic. What'd you think of John's speech? I mean, he kind of cribbed most of it from the Night's Watch yes. oath, right? You know, yeah. you steal from the best. I thought that was okay. <laughs> yeah, no, he was, you know, adjusting the the tradition that he knew, both the Night's Watch, and it felt very Ned Starky. Yeah. So that felt pretty good. This was the point in the episode where my notes say, I'm almost crying, but also very tired. <laughs> <laughs> that might sum worth. up our entire mood about this television show. And theirs. <laughs> Until the drinking started. We're pretty yes. tired. Oh my God! So then we get to the feast party time. Yes, it became Star party central. Exactly, I guess. you were an episode, <laughs> I guess, an episode late. But my God, there it was finally, Stark party central. 
And they're drinking and having a fine time. First line of dialogue, Gendry asking where Arya is. So, uh, so uh, where's so, uh, Arya? Anybody Arya? seen Arya? Oh, no, no, no. I just want to say goodbye. I did nothing. Nothing. I just, you know. <laughs> and the hound. Oh, come on. Is the hound a little bitter that uh, Gendry got with Arya, you think? You think a deep, 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 oh, deep in the hound's bitter heart? No. No, I think it's just a... a bitter heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and maybe it's like a dad thing where it's like, I don't want to picture my daughter being with anyone. Thank you very much. Really? So, you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So you wanted the hound to say to Arya, you're not going out like that, are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then Gendry becomes a lord just like that. Yeah. Maybe. Bing, bang, boom. Maybe he becomes a lord. A lot of it depends on what happens in the next two episodes. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a There's a lot of uh, promising of uh, things that people don't own in yeah. this episode. You can have Highgarden. You yeah. can have Storm's End. Yeah. Exactly. And n- none of which will have any relevance unless, of course, they win. But isn't that just what like everybody does for their delegates ahead of an election? Promise them jobs. Jobs. Yeah. Help us out. You'll get a cool job. <laughs> Tax credits. Job programs. Yeah. I'd also wonder how good a Lord Gendry is going to be. I mean, his expertise is pretty limited to hammering on things. I mean, I think he'll be better at it than pretty much every other Lord we've seen. That's true. Yeah, I mean, he's actually a good dude, probably because he's not a Lord. Yeah. Right? It was also very shrewd politicking by Danny to do that, though. As Tyrion pointed out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of commentary. Uh, like, in, like making sure that we knew yes. what was happening. It's oh, like, okay, we're you, smart enough now. You've trained us to know. You we just really did this thing, that. said Tyrion, for yeah. the purposes of your own purposes. And uh, that made good sense. And Danny goes, yes, I know. And now we in the audience do too. But we could have figured that out maybe. So also at that feast, we have Sansa talking with the Hound. Yes. Which we actually have the clip from that. Let's listen to it and then talk about it. You've changed, little bird. None of it would have happened if you left King's Landing with me. No little finger. No Ramsey. None of it. Without little finger and Ramsey and the rest, I would have stayed a little bird all my life. So we did get quite a few tweets and voicemails about the problematic nature of Sansa essentially saying, if I hadn't been raped all those times, I wouldn't be the strong person I am today. That's that, that, that without getting into the specific objections, that idea, yes, we went through hell, but if it wasn't for hell, then we yep. wouldn't have gotten to where we are, has yep. been said a bunch of times. Yes. This one sounded problematic, of course, because of what the word in this context, Ramsey, means. Yeah. Which means horrific rape. In fact, yeah. I, he even said in a bit we didn't have there, uh, I don't, it was awful. You were like, I think the phrase he used was broken in and it was yeah. kind of yeah. rough. It yeah. was an explicit reference yeah. to, to the, her awful wedding night. So yeah, that was a little icky. Yeah, I think it works for this character though because also compartmentalizing all the terrible things that happen to you in some way that makes them feel productive yeah. or inevitable yeah. in this world that she's living in. I mean, it's also completely unclear why the Hound thinks anything would have been better for her. Yes. <laughs> she could have either been at the Red Wedding and then died, or like who knows what else would have happened to her, but it's not like the Hound has been sort of holed up in some comfortable place for all this time no, either. No, right. And I do think that's where, I mean, she has she's seen some of the most... I was going to say stark character development from season one, episode one to now, just in terms of her as a leader and as like a strong, badass woman. I was actually more curious about something that I don't think anybody has commented on. 
he he had this thing with Sansa where he kept trying to protect her, where he did, as he just referenced, mm. offered to save her and run away with her. And also saved her from rape when they yes, were, uh, attacked absolutely. in Flea Bottom. And yeah, he's had... He's had some moments where he definitely saved those Stark girls. Yes, and it, it was, and then he sort of recapitulated that with Arya over a longer period of time, and he, you know he still feels for Arya. And there's this I, – I, I think it's kind of beautiful that this incredibly cynical, mean person who literally never has a kind word to say to anyone ever uh, has this thing to try to protect these young women. I don't think it's creepy. I don't think it's ever <laughs> been creepy. No, I he think just, he just – yeah. He also, I think – was always just doing what he was told when he was yeah. working for Joffrey, hmm. um, but probably thinks everyone is stupid, but thought Ned Stark was at least trying to do right. And so there's a little bit of, whereas Brienne does it all out of honor and all this other stuff, he's yeah. a little bit like, these are actually just kids who, you know, didn't ask for any of this. He does ride down the butcher's boy, though. So it's he not does. like he's like a, a warrior for children everywhere. No, he's somebody who, for reasons we can talk about, the scarring at the hands of his brother, whatever, has yeah. like completely cut himself off of human emotion. It's how he gets through life. He just kills people. But he's got clearly this thing. And there's that moment, was it in conversation with Sansa, where somebody says, you know, well, what makes you happy? And he says, that's my business. Yeah. yeah. Not, nothing makes yeah, me happy. Yeah, because she's like, you could be hooking up with. He had just yeah. oh, like, yes, stared that's off a woman next to yes. him. Which, by the way, is another story. What did you guys think of, like, the random woman coming up and saying, have sex with me? I mean, it's funny because I feel like last episode it was like, okay, so they're all still alive. So they're just going to couple off and wave to the camp. Like, they're just, yeah. There yeah. was a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot. Did you see, apparently in the background, Podrick walks off with two women? Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah. And of course, in the weird way, Tormund figures out he's not going to get Brienne. And so uh... if you'd excuse the expression, the showrunners throw him a bone. <laughs> hey, uh... Everybody quiet because Peter Sagal's got another goddamn opinion. Hey, also in oh. that scene, if you uh, look at what wasn't too dark to see, there was a Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Coffee cup. Yes. I on the table. Some Just like this one here, visual aid. Yes. Podcast, I, I, I actually stopped at Starbucks and I brought it here and I hope that nobody would notice it until it's too late. Uh-huh. But you pointed it, it out. So. Got it. Yeah. That, Google that, this, folks, because apparently it's real. That was the. It's great. The, we'll retweet it too. Somebody screen capped it and tweeted it. Yes. And then somebody actually, I couldn't find it, but somebody actually did a Starbucks cup with uh, Daenerys's titles written all the way down <laughs> it. <laughs> That's Daenerys Stormborn, Targaryen, Mother of Dragons, Breaker of Trains. Very funny. Written in the whole cup. <laughs> okay, so from there, from the eighties party movie, oh, from the eighties party on, movie, we before we move on. So the Hound didn't say nothing makes me happy. He, he wants to kill. He didn't say I'd never business. be happy. He says it, there is something that will make me happy. It's clearly going down to to uh, Clegane Bowl. Yes, Clegane he's, he's got a, He's got a ticket fifty yard line for the Clegane Bowl, and yeah. he doesn't want to be late. That yeah. seems obvious. Yeah. Right? yeah. And my yeah. favorite road trip buddy cop movie is back, which is Are You in the Hound? Oh, it was Heading great. King's Landing. I mean, I mean, fan service, yes, but service me, service me. <laughs> Give me that. That was great. So also in that first party scene, we have the awkward the game that Tyrion and Jamie are playing with Brienne, which is a callback, I think, to something in season, season one. one. Yes. Yep. Right. Yep. With Early him, Bronn, and Shay, and, was it? Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And there's like the question of whether or not Brienne is a virgin. And then we go straight to essentially Arya just shooting some arrows. Yes. Outside. Just... I am celebrating. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget that she is a psychopath. Yes. Yeah. I, well, I feel like which they were pretty kind, clear about that. In they've this kind episode. of stayed true to that, which yeah. I mean, if she had sort of said anything even mildly tender to Gendry, it wouldn't. I mean, oh, I would have thrown things at the team. I know, but she was great. <laughs> yes, she was like, she says, this isn't going to work. I'm going to be nice to you about it. Yeah. But like, you're a very nice boy. Yes. I am not going to be a lady of anything. Thank, thank you for your services and good luck to you. <laughs> yes. And then she just goes back to shooting arrows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, which is what she does. Uh, so from there we go to Brienne right. and Jamie. Yes, these are my notes in the in in my notebook. No, 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 no. I wrote, I feel weird, and then <laughs> oh, seriously? Question mark exclamation. I'm point, kind of. I, I'm I'm very interested in what you guys think of this because I didn't like it, and <sighs> I don't know why I didn't like it. Uh, I always have this weird thing about watching characters I actually like and have gotten to know as human beings being like intimate. It's just a thing. I like. It's like you feel like you open the wrong bedroom it's door. Like your parents. Like, oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or your brother or your best friend. Like, oh god, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to see that. Oh god. Um, but also, can't you have two characters who have like a meaningful, important, ultimately fulfilling and self and like mutually re- respectful? Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't end up boning. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be nifty? Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see that. You know, I mean, even even like Jorah and Danny, who almost had a relationship like that, even at the end, Danny says, Yes, well, she basically he he wanted he was in love with me and yeah. he always, you know, he always had to deal with that too bad. That like adult friendship is not possible that yeah. it has to be either love or unrequited yeah. love. I mean, yeah. like I yeah. found, I found like as you as we talked about two episodes ago when when Jamie knighted Brienne, it was one of that those was great, amazing, most satisfying moments uh. in the whole series. I loved it. It was great, and this just made me say, "Ick!" Did you have to ruin it? Yeah. Yeah, and, and even the aria, like, well, we're probably all going to be dead tomorrow, so we may as well find yeah. out what this is all about. Right? Even that was okay. It was sort of like okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean. I I completely agree that it's disappointing in shows when it feels like, and again, like the whole first sort of act, first third of this episode was like, oh boy, okay, let's just have like a sea of heteronormative coupling up. Mm. Like no matter what the power dynamics were in these relationships, as long as there was a man and a woman in a room, like they were going to start getting busy. Tyrion did open the door for the possibility that Brienne had slept with a woman. Yes, which which I sort of appreciated from the point of view of at least introducing the concept beyond heteronormative. And there was like a, I think there was a scene of of some some smooching in the corner of some people who were maybe of the same gender. But the point being that the same as Peter was just making, which is, why can't they just be two knights who are great friends? Right. Why do they have yep. to get together? Yep. And, and yeah. people might point out, and I totally get it, that one of the things that's important about Brienne's backstory is her her sort of strange, frustrated, unrequited love for inaccessible men, mm. starting, of course, with Renly, which right. drove her whole life prior to the moment we met her. And that was ultimately kind of transferred to Jamie for similar reasons. He's he's a knight. He's, you know, the yeah. symbol of, of, of power and And glory. he's a looker. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would have been less upset about it if it had been sort of like a mutually respectful hookup. Yeah. And she hadn't begged him to stay yeah, yeah, later on. Yeah, that, like, that was the part where yeah, the, I felt really gross about the, it. Them getting together, I was actually fine with. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a little like it was a little cheesy to me that they were both also like, we got to get really drunk to do this. Like yes. that felt a little yes. also like these two people who are just barely in control of like their destinies and emotions again yeah. are, you know. Yeah. 80s party movie. You know, they got to blow off some steam. Like, okay, you know. And it is true that that both Brienne and Gendry, you could argue, make the same error, is that they think that hooking up means that they're going to have a yeah. relation. I mean, what yeah. what in the world are, like, Brienne and Jamie going to talk about it at breakfast after the first week? <laughs> Night know? stuff. Night stuff. Yeah, swords and shit. <laughs> well, Sir Jamie, would you like a muffin? I would, Sir Brienne of <laughs> I've never slept with a knight before. Yeah. That was, was nice. a pretty good That night. was nice. So from there we go to John and Daenerys. Yes. And first thing Danny asks John is... Are you drunk? Yes. <laughs> and he uh, is. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, we need to set it up though because there was that prior scene. That's true. Where everybody was going Danny's nuts. Not Tormund fun. was like, <laughs> Tormund was doing, you know, for John what Davos used to do for Stannis. Look at this guy. Yeah. What a yeah. great guy. Uh-huh. We no love you. One like us. <laughs> exactly. He was or a better. hype man. Thank you, Trisha. <laughs> yes. He, he had a big. <laughs> it being medieval, he had to have a big sundial hanging from his neck, <laughs> uh-huh. as opposed to the classic clock for the hype man. Um, <laughs> I got one hip hop reference. That was it. <laughs> That's it. I Good got no one. more. Thank you. Good one. Um, but yeah, and and so first of all, let's let's break that down. So th- I'm reacting a little bit to a lot of things I've seen on the internet since it was aired. A lot of people are saying John doesn't deserve this. John isn't actually a great hero. Mm. John isn't actually a great leader of men. John keeps screwing up. So Tormund's, oh, you're the best. You came back. You fight. You're just amazing. You've rode a dragon. People are like, ah, come on. I actually think he's he's pretty okay for a hero. He's brave. He's stalwart. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give up. He's he's won all his battles, ultimately, whatever mistakes he's made. Well, and there is something kind of endearing about his, like, simple-minded determination to always do what's right. Yes. Especially within this world, right? right? Like, you just see that so rarely. And you even see it in this scene with John talking to Daenerys. I owe them the truth. Even if the truth destroys us. It won't. It will. I've never begged for anything. But I'm begging you. Don't do this. Please. You are my queen. Nothing will change that. And they're my family. We can live together. We can. I've just told you how. She's like, why don't you just not tell anybody that you're a Targaryen? And he's like, but then I would have to lie. Oh, God. Here's the thing, though, about that scene. She's totally right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She, I mean, she is right in every particular. All they need to do to save everything, to save their relationship, to save the kingdom, to save everything and proceed down the path they thought we were on is just he has to keep his mouth shut. Yeah. And everything's cool. And if she took him at his word that he actually doesn't want to be king, then what she's asking him to do is actually not irrational in any way. Exactly. And and he, there's my favorite line of the episode was he says, if only there was a way to make things the way they were. And she says, and she's like, I just told you is, how to bro. do it. Yeah. And, yeah. and that to me was like, A, both true and also indicative of how sometimes in this life it's hard to do the thing that you think you want uh, in the face of other incentives. In that scene, I thought there were two very well acted pivots. One was when they were making out in uh, Kit Harrington does a great bit of just sort of like physical acting where he's like smooching and then goes, oh, you're my aunt. Like he doesn't say it, but oh, you yeah. just feel it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and finally, by the way, somebody said it later on when Varys says it. Oh, yes. That's his oh, aunt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're not into that up <laughs> no, north. No, no, they're up not. Up north, they think that's a little bit yeah. funny business. I mean, it, it would, I mean, I think I can predict safely, I think, that they're never going to do it again because now they know. And they know what we've known, so they're going to be as skeeved out by it as we've been to this point. I think the fact, too, that they headed out in different directions, you know, like they're not they're I, I, not heading to it's battle. It's a good thing, though. Otherwise, we would have lost John. Yeah, I know. I, For sure. I have some words about that. Um, <laughs> if, if I mean, there, there were a lot of things, and we'll talk about them in the episode, that were good, that were bad, that were made not so great. I don't know. But I can't tell you how much it dro- drove me crazy that they decided to once again – Split their forces, mm-hmm. once again put a bunch of characters on ships and sail them out there when – at this point, they have no excuse. 
they've done this before. <laughs> well, and, and they know yeah. that there's a bunch of assholes on boats waiting Euron for Euron has boats. Oh, yeah. I know. Let's go on the Let's ocean. Let's get some boats. Let's get some boats. Yeah. And I went back and I rewatched the that sort of scene around the western at the armory. And, well, is it the armory? It's yeah, a with map the map room. table I think and it was the map yeah. Room. And I was like, why did they decide to do that? Why did they decide to once again split their forces? Why did they decide to once again put people at sea where Euron can get them? And you know why they did it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. They never explained. Tyrion says, John will march down with the remains of the Dothraki and we will go this way. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't say why. He doesn't say why they need to go to Dragonstone. He doesn't say why do they not do the obvious thing, which is all stay together Mm -hmm. and march together down the King's Road. No, they just need to lose another dragon and give up Missandei. So that and it's, I mean, it was almost as if Tyrion could have said that. Well, we we still are, have a little bit too much of an advantage. <laughs> yeah, we should split up. We otherwise, should split up. Otherwise, we, I mean, Euron has boats. We have episodes. to give him a fair shot. <laughs> so in that scene, they also mentioned the new Prince of Dorne, right? Which I thought was kind of interesting, just because just to we remind heard us from that Dorne, Dorne exists. Still there. Yeah, I think it was just that. I think it yeah. was like, yes, we you know there's this place Dorne's called Dorne. A thing. We We've given up on the storyline, but we thought we would just mention it. Yeah, just one final time before season eight is over to acknowledge that it. When was looking in fact at the thing. giant map, you must <laughs> reference the places on the giant map. But, but now that I've made my enormous complaint that drove me crazy, we can go back and talk about more scenes at Winterfell before they leave. So, for example, we had f- what seemed like. Seemed like final farewells to Tormund, yep, yep, that's Sam, the next. Gilly, I won't have it. and Ghost. You won't have it? I won't have it. All right. We Tormund can't. clearly is leaving the series. Tormund and, Tormund and Ghost are getting a spinoff show. Right. It's just them. <laughs> and I will watch that. I, was, I just want, I want Tormund and Ghost not only to have a spinoff show, a but I want spin-off. it to have one of those like 80s action show style montages. Yes, totally. They like, fight crime together. They fight crime, like shooting them and jumping over bars and cars and walking into rooms, pointing their guns in the opposite directions and all the other things that they used to do on like, I don't know what the names of those shows were. Brooks and Dunn. What were they called? <laughs> Cagney and Lacey. I Turner have no and idea. Turner and Hooch. One of those Turner things. Turner and Hooch. That's the show. <laughs> anyway, so you don't think do you think Tormund's like not gone for this series? Tormund might be gone, but I, I don't think, think this is it. the last we see of Sam. Even if it's a sort of perfunctory mm. Sam like if there's ashes to be standing around, I think Sam stands around them with everyone at the end because I I do think that he is going to be the person who writes the story. Right. And so he has to we will return at least to be him. around. Yeah. I did write this feels like a real goodbye, especially with the whole Gilly baby thing. It was like how can we wrap this up? Gilly baby. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, But there was no question either to Tormund or to Sam, we've got this war to fight. Hey, Tormund, you're a big fighter. You still have some followers. Come with us. He's sick of being south. He needs to I understand that. But it would – I mean he would have said, Tormund, we still have a war to fight. Please come with me. You're great. And then he could have said, I ain't fighting your wars. You guys can go screw around now that we're fine. But they didn't even have that moment. Not needing Tormund – yeah. Or ghost felt ominous for John. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did really love the moment when Tormund tells John, "You've got the North and you, the real North." I think since so much about the storyline with John now is about sort of like who his family really is, yes, and North- is he a Stark, and what does Winterfell mean if he's actually Targaryen? And I thought that was just kind of a lovely encapsulation of the fact that like he still is a Northerner as much as he's figuring out his shit now. Like yeah. that's still a very real part of his identity. Well, and saying that the capital and the south is no place for ghosts is a little bit of 
him maybe saying, it's really no place for me either. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Or it's probably a way of saying, if I had a dire wolf, then whatever is about to happen would be less likely. So I need to get rid of the dire yeah, wolf. Yeah, I can't have my awesome bodyguard around. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. That was a weird, like, just nod he gave Ghost. Yeah, like, you don't. Right. Uh, the apparent- internet was very upset that yeah. he didn't get some ear scratches. Yeah. But oh, he did yeah. only have one ear left. That's true. Yeah. So there's that. Well, and I don't know if dire wolves really like to be pet. You know, it's a fair like question. It's like yeah. Ghost is not like his loyal dog. You know, looked like, like him. Different. He looked like him. He was like, yeah, but he's like his wolf brother. You know, still. Yeah. Well, then, then you shake his like, paw wolf firmly. Brothers don't need cock you know, shake. You shake. Ghost shake. 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 Ghost shake. Exactly. <laughs> Firm handshake. Bum, 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 bum. You know, do, do the guy percussive hug thing, <laughs> and you move on. Three bum, pets. Bum, bum. Okay. And then you okay. Move good. On. Perfect. Also, can we go back to the war council room for Please. a moment yeah. and discuss that again? Sansa is the only one with any yes. sense in her yes. head She's because like, yes. everyone is really tired. We should take some time. Exactly. How dare you? Oh, you don't want me to take my... F- no, yeah. I would and like Sansa's these guys like, to get something to eat. Your people are tired, too. Yeah. Wait, you know who got killed because they were injured? The dragon. Uh, yeah, for example. For example, the uh, dragon was not at his best while flying uh, and so got killed. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm so mad. The other that. moment we need to discuss that's actually right after that scene in the map room is when Jamie and Tyrion are chatting. And Tyrion's like, so you finally... Slept with someone taller than you. Oh, I loved his. I've been waiting all my life to make tall jokes. I thought that was great. <laughs> yes, exactly. Discussing climbing, climbing mountains. mountains. Yes, ha ha. Toast ha. to climbing mountains, and then Bron just wanders in. <laughs> like, what was that? I'm always just so glad to see him, though. I, I, I mean, I, it's great to see him, but it's like, oh, you just traipsed in here, huh? You like, know what's amazing is what? we know what they were doing in the 18 months between season seven and season eight is building a high speed rail between Kings <laughs> Landing. <laughs> That's going to come Winterfell in handy because I was the, wondering about that with Arya and the Hound. Yes, yeah, like, it's like so. We're back. I liked the scene with Bronn. It was a nice return to Bronn, but also you see that Bronn is kind of changing. He's a, he's over it, and he's a yeah. little desperate now. Yeah. He has that great line. He says, my fighting days are over, but not my killing days. Yeah, yeah. He clearly is a little sick of this and a little at edge, and I think they're setting Bronn up for death because mm. I think that if Bronn – because why do we love Brom? We love Brom because he's cynical, because he's funny, because he's always there with the quip. And this was a slightly different guy who seems to be going to a slightly darker place. I did really like what he said about the history of houses. When yeah. they said something to him like he wouldn't actually be a lord because he's a cutthroat. And he's like, what do you think your ancestors were? They were just cutthroats who ended up with land and now you have all these yeah, houses. Yeah, you have a hundred guys. You kill a hundred people, you're a lord. You kill a yes. thousand people, you're a king. Yeah, like, yeah I thought that, makes that was good a sense. pretty good – I mean I like those – those bits that sort of bring out the the more important significant themes that we've been seeing across the eight seasons. There right? was also sort of like, yep, that's it. Here af- we are. After Bron gets back up uh, and leaves to get back because you know the high speed train was leaving and he had to get on. <laughs> yeah, he had to otherwise he catch wait, wait the metro. Uh, Westerosi metro. Jamie and Tyrion exchange a look. It's just a little shot, you know. Uh, and I think that look was, uh, he's got to die. That's what I think it was. I think I think I think Bronn is not long for this uh, this mythical world. So, what did you two think about Sansa telling Tyrion about Jon's Targaryen heritage? You knew it was going to happen. Oh, for sure. I mean, I wrote. Swear you won't tell anyone. Funny. We've all been in high school. We know how this works. I wrote, tell Tyrion, tell Tyrion, tell, tell Tyrion, and then damn it, because you know Tyrion was walking away, and then she says, "Oh wait, like come mm-hmm. back," and then I write, "Yes." <sighs> well, and he sort of. Uh, Cracked the door open by saying, like, John's always said he's not a Stark. Uh-huh, yes, which was, uh-huh. wasn't that kind of the prompt? 
for mm-hmm. for for yeah, Sansa she's to like, say. Well, actually, I it reminded actually. me a lot of a quote that I was taught to live by as a child by my mm. father, which I believe is a Ben Franklin quote. But most things that you think are Ben Franklin quotes are not. But yes. why not wow, attribute I'm, them? What is ben it? Franklin and Winston Churchill? Three people can keep a secret oh, if two yeah. of them are dead. Yes, right. Did ben, that seems a little bloody minded for Ben Franklin. Franklin. Should we Google that? I I do remember I mean, hearing about. I did Google it. I don't it. mean to fact and, check your father. Yeah, no, I did Google it, did. and it did say on some parts of the internet that Ben Franklin may have said that. But as a journalist, I'm just saying who knows. But it's still a good point, which is as Vera says, eight people know now. Well, that's right. not a secret. That's information. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's that was a good and that's line. actually the next scene we have is Tyrion and Varys on the boat heading to Dragonstone discussing this news that they have. And it's the first of two pretty intense conversations that Tyrion and Varys have. And I will say this, this part of the episode I loved because this to me is classic Game of Thrones. Yes, I've been doing a rewatch fun. and this is like season one, season two, Littlefinger and Varys and Tyrion yep. plotting and scheming plotting and scheming. And, plotting. and yes. I love it. How many others know? Including us? Eight. And then it's not a secret anymore. It's information. If a handful of people know now, hundreds will know soon. Then what happens? She loses the Norse. She loses the veil. Sansa will make sure of that. It's worse than that. He has the better claim to the throne. He doesn't want the throne. I'm not sure it matters what he wants. This one is essentially like them catching each other up, and then it closes with Tyrion saying, well, we still have to take King's Landing. Maybe Cersei will kill us all anyway, and then none of this will be a problem. Yeah. And then it goes to uh, Danny flying over and Euron yeah. and the dragon down. Oh, man. I've already said how angry I am about that. I mean, it's like, yes, they <laughs> killed the dragon. Fine. It's a CGI creature. We're going to get over it. But it's just so dumb. Why did they do that? And why didn't she fly high enough to maybe look around and notice the fleet? It's a fleet of ships. But there was like a rock. Oh, there was a rock. It was behind the rock. (laughs) Well, and those arrows have never been that effective. Well, uh, apparently uh, in the... The Scorpion 2.0 is much better than 1.0. Benny F. and Y. say in the Inside the Episode featurette that in the intervening however many months or years since the uh, Battle of the Loot Train, uh, Kyburn's been working on him. Uh, He's been improving. surface to air missiles. so much. He's the last great... Um, sort of British male villain actor we have. Oh, he... I mean, we've lost Roose Bolton and Ramsey Bolton, and we've lost all of Stannis, but we still got Kyburn yeah, being creepy and raspy, and I love like, it. Oh, gives me the shivers every time I see him. Yeah. I don't know what it is about him. It was also so it funny to see cowl him. neck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the cowl? That's the problem? I mean, no, but that makes it even... I just... Ugh. There was such a knitter's problem to have with him. <laughs> <laughs> In King's Landing, it's just so warm. We didn't see any snow in King's Landing, did we? Yeah, it had snowed there, but apparently it it's melted. over now. It's well, melted. The Melt Night off? King is gone, so maybe winter is less. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, but it's still a thing. Well, even we, we've lost track. So which Varys, which Varys um, Tyrion conversation do you so, wish to discuss? Well, I think we should wait and for the second one until we line up a couple of other things, which is that Missandei is taken. Grey Worm yells for her on the beach. Seems like everybody else made it okay. And then we have Varys trying to reason with Danny. Right. And the two of them are talking. And this is when Danny says, like, this is my destiny to destroy tyranny. Do not become what you have always struggled to defeat. Do you believe we're here for a reason, Lord Varys? I'm here to free the world from tyrants. That is my destiny. And I will serve it no matter the cost. All right. <laughs> we don't have one, but if we did, or maybe you can play one anyway, 
I need a rant jingle because oh. I'm about to go on a rant. Gather round and listen while old Peter Sagelman explains this show to you. I feel like well, that'll, do. that'll do. Right? Yeah. Rant. That'll do. Yeah. Okay. Because here's the thing. Ever <laughs> si- so we remember at the end of season six, oh, these many years ago, here comes Danny and her fleet with her three dragons, with her Unsullied, with her Dothraki. Here she comes. Mm-hmm. She is going to take out Cersei. And as soon as season seven started, everybody says the same thing to her. Says, well, you can't just go take out Cersei. You'd kill too many people. You don't want to be the horrible tyrant. No, yeah. you yeah. have to do this incredibly stupid thing that will <laughs> screw up your forces and you'll lose some portion of your advantage. And that conversation has happened so many times. Yeah. And every time she it has ended up being – No, she has listened. Well, That's she, what I mean. I mean she didn't with Highgarden though. She didn't with – well, she ended up – I mean up, like she burned the shit out of those guys. Well, she burned the and shit out of – they told her not to. She burned the shit out of the, the Lannister army. But it was pointless. It didn't do anything except provide this really great special effects sequence midway through an otherwise disappointing season. <laughs> Every single time somebody says to her, oh, you can't do this. But nobody ever says – she did once, I think, toward the end of last season. But other than that, nobody ever says, you know, the last time you told me to do that, I lost half my fleet mm-hmm. and half my soldiers. And then you told me to do that, Tyrion, and we sent the Unsullied to um, Casterly Rock and there was nobody there. And you guys shut up because if I had just done what I wanted to do, this would have been over and a lot of people I like would have still be alive. She and, does shout at Tyrion on the beach at one point after one of those big right. losses and sort of goes like, yes. really? I'm listening to you? Because right. yeah. you clearly don't know your sister well enough to advise me in any meaningful right. way. Well, but and that's she when has she goes and flames Highgarden. Right. That's when she's like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to your advice anymore. I have these dragons. I'm but now eat. she's still doing it. So they say to her, well, and, she, and they engage in that ridiculous conversation that I guess was in the map room. Where they say, okay, it, it, everybody will blame Cersei for when you destroy the city. And she's like, okay, yeah. that's good. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. Stop doing that. I'm just – I'm like, oh. I mean, you know, there's there's this – Wait, why doesn't that make sense? That there, does make sense. Because, no, there's – because <laughs> you, Because they keep – first of all, they keep making this terrible mistake of like, well, the one thing we can't do is just go there and kill her. Because if we go there and kill her, that would be bad. So we keep having to do these other things and – Every time it ends up in disaster. Um, There's like – there's a famous line from Breaking Bad, which I've thought about a lot for different reasons, um, where uh, Gus Fring says to to Walter White, uh, never make the same mistake twice. Yeah. And she's making the same mistake over and over and over again and listening to the same advice over and over and over again and doing the same damn thing. So where does it end up? It ends up with her in front of King's Landing with like what? 30 – yeah. That's all she's got left and yeah. her one a dragon. Bus full of, of, yeah. of Unsullied. <laughs> First of all, I don't understand why immediately they didn't kill all of them yeah. with all the, the Lannister armies I and archers. Really thought I thought Tyrion like, was going to get oh, rid of the arrows I, last I think night. Old Game of Thrones would have, don't yeah. you think? And so, you know, I understand and have talked about it, everybody's talked about it, how the fact is that if that if she had just done what she had the power to do at episode one of season seven, the show would be over then. So they couldn't do that. But the fact that she has ended up with the, like, her 30 last unsullied, her one last wounded sad dragon that she can't even use, standing there watching her best friend get her head chopped off and not being able to do it about it indicates that she's been stupid. And there's been a lot of unnecessary stupidity of otherwise smart characters. I do think there is something kind of lovely about the idea, like the story arc of 
people trying to convince her not to behave rashly and use this immense violence that she has because right. that's what her family would do. Right. And then the the inevitability of her still turning into a mad queen. But here's the funny thing. A lot I of think people, is interesting. I don't, I, I don't think she's turning into the mad queen. I think that she's been given really, really terrible advice. Yeah. And she's stupidly followed it. And that's her flaw. It's not that she's like a, and everybody says, "Oh, I don't know about Danny. She seems crazy. She seems to want no, to kill everybody." No, she seems to want to do pretty right. reasonable things. The, and also, she's grieving like everybody else. She's not gone mad. The people who have given her the advice to keep her from killing lots of people—I'm making air quotes—have in themselves been necessary for far more deaths than she's ever done. Right? Yeah. I mean, they—it was Tyrion's stupid advice that got the entire Dorne fleet destroyed. I mean, or whatever that I guess it was the technically the Iron Islands fleet with the Dorn army on it. I mean, mm. it's just come on, people. If the show got a little more Ocean's Eleven, all we would need in that map room is for Tyrion to just sort of like roll out a drawing of the Red Keep. Go like, <laughs> right. this is where Cersei, like for this sure. room in yes. this tower is where Cersei sleeps. Go burn that with your dragon tonight. Right. You don't have to burn all of King's Landing. You don't have to burn all of the Red right. Keep. Well, you have a laser-guided fire missile. But she doesn't get... Like, she's cool with burning everything. That's what I'm saying. Like, she seems to have no problem. Like, she's not asking for an alternative. She's just like, yeah, if that's what it takes to ruin but she's, it, let's but burn she all has, of it. But she has... She has she has gone along with alternatives this entire time, and they've all been disastrous. That's what I mean. I mean, yes, I understand, like, the first time that she took this advice and it ended up terribly with Euron, you know... Uh, What's you're on uh, ambushing the fleet and ca- capturing people, but she just did it again, and I'm like, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares, but it never really stops him. He's like, I've turned into Jerry Lewis. Hey, lady, stop being an idiot. Again, one last contrast with uh, Breaking Bad. The thing about Breaking Bad, particularly toward the end of that series, is it led to disaster, right? But the road to disaster was paved not with good intentions but with people doing something that seemed in the moment really smart, their best choice given the pressure they were under. Oh, I – you know, like to take one example among many, Walter White's like, oh my god, I realize now I've been led into a trap and I'm going to be caught by Hank. I know I need to call the neo-Nazis because they're the only people I got who can help me. Well, that led to disaster but that choice made sense from Walter's perspective. The least worst option every time. Mm -hmm. And and that was generally true of, of Breaking Bad, people making the correct decision that led them further into hell. This, they're just being dumb. And it's so less compelling. All right, we will be back with more of Peter's rants in just a moment. Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times, you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so... No one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown. Okay, so we're about to discuss the scene with Tyrion and Varys, but first, can we talk really quickly about that cool-ass tote bag that people can get? Oh, I thought that one of the characters had a tote bag, and I'm like, (laughs) hell, there was a Starbucks Starbucks cup, why not a tote bag? I missed that too. No, Nerdette is in the midst of its spring fundraiser. We've got just a couple more weeks. Our goal is to get 500 people to donate. We're at like 180-something right now. 
So we would love to hear from folks, especially if recaps is a thing you like and you want a cool ass tote bag. You can get it on the Internet. Some people have like they ordered it like last week or the week before and they've already gotten them in the mail, which is kind of cool. We actually got a picture of one. And uh, Jen said the bag and my 13th half marathon medal are tied for my favorite things I received this weekend. Well done, Jen. Congratulations. But yeah, you can see a picture of the tote bag on our Instagram. Just search for Nerd App Podcast. But we would really appreciate the support. Yes, we would. Um, Okay, Varys and Tyrion discuss treason. Right. As as Tyrion points out. So, again, we get into this thing was like, oh, Danny, she seems terrible. No, she doesn't. No, she's, she's gotten not terrible advice being that from irrational. you. Yeah. So I, that, that's why I mean that's why I'm sort of very skeptical about that whole sort of line of like I don't know can we trust Danny? What do you think? I mean obviously they're setting up a huge rift that's going to play out in the final two episodes. Yeah, I'm into this. I really like this storyline. You do. <laughs> it's funny that you two aren't into why? it. No, I like it. You like it? Yeah. I don't know. I just think. Well, let's listen. Let's listen to the clip and then talk about it. You know where my loyalty stands. You know I will never betray the realm. What is the realm? A vast continent. What even is the realm? Don't care who sits on the Iron Throne. Millions of people, many of whom will die if the wrong person sits on that throne. We don't know their names, but they're just as real as you and I. They deserve to live. They deserve food for their children. I will act in their interest, no matter the personal cost. So what happens to her? Please, don't. I've spoken as honestly as I can. Each of us has a choice to make. I pray we choose wisely. I just thought of something I hadn't thought of when I was watching last night, which What's is Varys that? is doomed. Remember, oh, yeah. Remember uh, Melisandre? He must, he must yeah. die in this yeah. strange country. Yes. Yeah. So do you think that uh, we're setting up a, a big backstab? by Varys that ends up getting him killed somehow? I think so. I mean, and also, he did what he promised. He told her to her face yes. that he thought she was making the wrong choice, mm-hmm. and she didn't listen to that advice. What was she going to do that she was, she wanted to go to King's Landing? And, and just and burn it. Just she wanted burn. to just torch everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a crazy thing to do. Like, there are so there have to be other ways to kill Cersei if that's what you want to do. You know what I mean? As Again, you discussed. the like laser-guided fire the, missile. The laser-guided fire missile. Yeah, I just, yeah. Or like sneak in an assassin. Yeah. You know? What, do they know any really uh, stealthy assassins, though? I don't know. Mm. That might be hard to come by in Westeros. I don't know. That could be really hard. Never mind. Anyway. So from that uh, sweet stoner conversation about the realm, we go to... Can I just say about that, though? Yeah. This is one of the things that I love about Varys, and I had kind of forgotten how much I love because he'd been sort of just quippy for the last few yeah, seasons. Yeah, this is the most substantive thing yes. he said in a it's, while. It's also the, the Varys that makes me feel bad about myself because it's the reminder that like everybody else who isn't a named character is a person too and we yes. shouldn't actually be rooting for any of these awful people. Yes, they're all yeah. terrible. Because it's just perpetuating a system that like is oppressive and requires the suffering of, mm-hmm. you know, millions of nameless people. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, wait, why do we want anyone to be on this dumb iron chair? Yeah. Hey. It makes me feel bad about it. Well, and it. it's interesting to think about who talks about the realm, too. I mean, I think in, it's, in season one, it's Ned Stark often who's right. discussing the realm. You know, and the idea of, like, the people who are just more high-minded about what ruling really means and the idea of actually taking care of people as opposed to just, like... Yeah, sitting on this throne I think and saying about John that maybe 
maybe the sign of a yes. true leader is someone who doesn't want to rule. Right. Yes. As I was think, it, didn't Tyrion say that about John? Yes. Isn't is that it, the, or was it Varys? I think it's I probably think Varys. Varys. Yeah, the best ruler of the person who doesn't want well, to rule. Who was it who said the thing about the best sort of president? Was it Mark Twain? The best kind of president Probably would be Ben someone. Franklin. Let's just attribute <laughs> okay, all quotes Franklin, to Ben Franklin. Who said the best kind of president would be someone who didn't want to be. Like anyone who inherently wants to be president shouldn't be. <laughs> Since we just discussed Cersei and maybe the assassination thereof. I thought you were going to bring up Ben Franklin. Uh, uh, we skipped something, which was uh, Jamie's farewell. That we talk, is we talked next. To, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that that hadn't happened it in the sequence. It hadn't happened yet. I thought we went we over. Go I, will, from the, I withdraw the complaint. We go from the stoner realm chat to Jamie staring deeply into the flames and then Brian wakes up and he's gone yeah. and she goes out there. You and knew that was going to happen. Yeah. We actually, I do want to play a voicemail right now about that. This is from Nate Pence and I thought it just summed up that whole situation. Hey, Nerdette and Peter. Nate Pence here <laughs> from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I guess my biggest reaction to the episode is I feel like I was a fool with Jamie. He's such a fuck boy. Why am I surprised or expect that he would not do what his character has always done? Anyways, and then also, why can't dragons fly around ships and then blow them up? Yeah, fly around to the back, for example. Thanks for the show, guys. Bye. Uh, can I ask, because uh, Greta, you posted, I think, a picture on Twitter yep. of your notebook that fuck said boy. fuckboy Jamie or Jamie the fuckboy. Yeah. Can I ask, please, for a definition of fuckboy <laughs> spelled F-U-C-K-B-O-I? Uh, I should have looked up the technical definition. My understanding is that it's just like an asshole who you slept with who screws with you. Oh, he's just a fuckboy. Yeah, he's just like a – and like I think sometimes there's sort of like an emo yeah. layer to it. But yeah, it's just somebody who's like – Emotionally manipulative, even if you were game to bang, is my <laughs> general notion. Emotionally manipulative, unless you're game to even you, if you're game to. So bang. use it in a sentence. I'm Jamie's Makes, a fuck boy. No, I mean <laughs> like a sentence. Like for example, would would it be appropriate and a good usage of the term to say, "Oh, that guy, he's not my boyfriend. He's just my fuck boy." No. Or how no, about this? No. I thought that guy was like a, a, a prospect, but it turns out he's just yes, a fuck boy. I think that's a better. Oh, one. Okay. Yeah, I actually I think the last time I heard it in context actually was on Friday night at a Lizzo concert. Of course. When Lizzo said, "I've been recovering from something really horrible. I was with a fuck boy," and the whole crowd was like, "Ah." Oh. Okay. All right. And then she goes know. into Jerome. Who's the oh, fuck boy? In I, the song. Understand. You can, yeah. I understand. I understand. I have to listen to the song. Yeah, you should out. listen to the song. It's okay. really good. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I just think like I don't know. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about Jamie because to me that just completely he had so much potential for redemption. Well, hang on. But to me, I feel like it's all gone now. So I went no, back because is he going to save her right. or kill her? He he, he had doesn't a, say. He had a speech. Why can't he say? Well, because... You know, because it's a TV well, show and they want there to be some suspense. Ding, sure. ding, 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 ding. Yeah, but that's... Like, if he if he's going to kill her, yes. I still don't think he's going to be redeemed. That doesn't matter. His speech, he says, I did this terrible thing. I threw a boy out of uh, out of a tower for... Yeah, a, a I'm not a good him. person. I'm, I'm a not a good person. Uh, I did this for Cersei. I did that for Cersei. I did this for... He does three things, all of which we saw happen. For Cersei. <laughs> She's hateful. And so am I. <laughs> that speech was so carefully written, it seemed to me, that it could play either way. Yeah. It could play as, I am 
destined to her. I am part of her evil. I need to go join her and be a part of her evil again, or which like, is how Brienne takes it. Or it's like, my responsibility. Or this, oh, exactly. Even then, I though. A, I have a debt to pay. I have a stain to erase. I, I am complicit in her evil. I have to go fix it. Even I liked then. everything about him in that scene. I oh, did not God. like her reaction to it. I hated her reaction, but I don't know. I also feel like, I mean, if he weren't a fuckboy, I feel like he would have been like, listen, you mean a lot to me. I'm super conflicted about this thing happening. I feel responsible for this horrible person. I have to go deal with he that. Got, I'm really sorry. Jamie, let's remember, has only ever slept with his sister. Yeah, I He know. had an insane and sort of psychologically abusive father. He's been through all kinds of torture, too. The The idea that he's suddenly going to like have a monologue that makes him sound like Mark Ruffalo in a, in a rom-com because he slept with Brienne once is also not Game of Thrones. That's like, true. That would have been more disappointing. It's more fun to think that Jamie's back to being sort of an asshole because he never wasn't an asshole. He was just drunk and having a good time at a party. <laughs> but remember... No, he's been not an asshole. Yes. Yeah, but he's still like... He is a he is a complicated character. He is not good or evil because he is just Jamie. Right. Right. Like yeah. he is not actually going to be like, uh, let's t- pass the muffins, Brian. Let's have oh, breakfast. No, for sure not. I don't. I just thought. I don't know. The thing though, he's a dick. The, the the piece of he's information that prompts his or departure. The the piece of information yeah. that prompts her his departure in, in the prior scene was getting the news that a Euron has ambushed the incredibly dumb Danny. Uh, it's not her fault. She just keeps taking bad advice, killed one of the dragons, taken missing day. And the next thing you see is him getting up and leaving. So clearly what he's inspired to do is inspired by the fact that Cersei is out there winning and yeah, needs to be stopped. Exactly. So I think he's going to to become the Queen Slayer or at least attempt it. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't, like he could have gone to the armory meeting too and been like, hey, guys, I want to help. You know, like I just I just, yeah, just him doing his own thing. He's not really invited He's not like one of the generals, right? right? But like he could have said something to somebody that's like, hey, you know who knows Cersei better than anybody? Me. How can I help you? You know? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, what, what, how come it was just, like, all oh. of this suggested dialogue, I feel. <laughs> well, obviously yeah. they would have written it better than that. I know. I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, we talked about why, does, why doesn't John invite Tormund to come with him? Why doesn't he invite Jamie, the greatest knight why of the Seven Kingdoms? Why does he ride Kingdoms? with the hound? Like, you know, it's just, Yeah. I don't Why know. doesn't he team up with Arya? That would be pretty fucking cool. That would that would you be. Know? Not I as think fun they as are both now riding towards King's Landing. Yeah. They are, but somehow they're not going to run into each other. Yeah, and or it's going to well. They're, they're on the train. They're in it. different cars of the train. Exactly, That's the high speed train. Or possibly, I still don't think this is going to happen anymore because you can't let one character kill both baddies. But. Jamie's face could be taken, and we could be like, Jamie killed Cersei. Oh, Arya killed Cersei. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. we can't have Arya. Yeah, that's too awesome. At the last second and killing Cersei too after she's already. I mean, done we could. <laughs> what if she just <laughs> leaps so. from somewhere? <laughs> yeah, Cersei turns and grabs her by the throat. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, really. It's like, oh, okay, we'll just use that trick again. I, I what if she did it like four more times? <laughs> I was about to say they never would do the same trick twice, but they just did the same damn trick uh-huh, with Euron twice. Uh-huh. So who the hell knows at this point? Okay, so from there we go to King's Landing, and we have the scene. Where Kyburn and Tyrion have the thing. Have the thing, which we actually. This is a big moment for Kyburn. Hold on, we skipped a scene. There was an intermediary scene in, or an earlier scene in King's Landing, in which uh, they showed all the civilians welcoming into the keep to protect her as sort of a hostage. Human shield. And Cersei tells Euron that. They've yes, got the a baby. baby that we have, which is important later because Tyrion knows about the baby. <laughs> and there yeah. is a good Euron, huh? Uh huh. Uh huh. His mascara. Well, and I think especially with Jamie showing up, like I could see him, I could see him talking about the baby and Euron then losing his shit too. Yeah. Right. 
Whose baby is it? But anyway, um, now we're here at King's Landing for the final sequence. And we did get a pretty charming voicemail about it. I had the same thought, and I'm curious if you two did as well. This is Kenny. Hey, Nerdette. Am I the only one that was a little disappointed when Tyrion and Kyburn didn't throw down so we could see some hand-to-hand combat in this episode? Ayo! No? No. No. It just, just, that would have been, it would have been a delightful surprise. Well, no, it's just a great joke because they're both the hands. Oh. Hand. Hand to hand. Meeting of the hands. I'm sorry. I apologize for not getting that pretty good joke. (laughs) (laughs) It was it was one of those moments where you realize like oh, Kyburn is not up for the like uh, this moment like he yeah, no. he is best in the dungeons Ugh, doing yeah. weird creepy things yeah the, he's we not really for diplomacy him, well or like in the daylight right like, <laughs> was, when's the last time we saw him outside was was there a great moment that I imagine it where somebody talks about like the, the, what, what screaming sounds like and and Kyburn don't like, want to hear the sounds of burning oh, children he's yeah. like yeah it doesn't sound great yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Such a creepy creep. Oh, God. It was yeah. a good moment, though. Anyway, yeah, sorry for missing the joke. I was up late watching a dumb TV show. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get to predictions, but I want to listen to one more voicemail, too, which I think sums up a lot of uh, feedback that we got, especially around sort of like the feminism elements of this show, mm. this specific episode, and like all of the kind of disappointing things that happened to many of the female main characters. So this is Lexi. After the high of last week, it reminded me of everything that is wrong with the Game of Thrones. And it is 100% clear there are no women in the writer's room. So cue the patriarchal jungle on DB and David because this episode was a hot mess. Uh, Danny's going a little cray cray and you couldn't be more clear she's not getting the throne unless you wrote hashtag but her emails. Brienne's begun just reduced to crying over Jamie. Um, Sansa is now the ultimate betrayer. And then you had to kill Masande, your only woman of color, and I, I don't know where we go from here. It was, I have no interest in the last two episodes based on this, and I'm really, really frustrated right now, and I'm going to go have some more tequila. Thanks, guys. Uh, it's funny, because I didn't see that. Maybe I'm just insensitive to it. It seems to me that the female characters are vying against each other for power and influence in exactly the same way the male characters have, and they're being just as silly about it as the male characters have been. But the one thing that I that resonated with that voicemail is something that I realized last night watching the show. I can't. It may have been this terrible tactical error of the ships. It might have been something else. But I realized I'm ready to be done with this TV show. Hmm which is the first time I felt that. I've regretted the fact, oh, it's the last episode, it's the last season, we only have a few more episodes. And after last night, I'm like, okay, it can end. I'll, I'll be all right. It's over. And that's a weird feeling. And obviously she feels the same thing for maybe different reasons. How do you guys feel? I think that the speed at which this final season is moving yes. is a little uh, different than the rest of the series, having been going through a rewatch too. Yeah. But considering just the pace at which we move now, like, yeah. There's a battle next week, and then there's picking up the pieces in the final episode, and that's apparently it. That's yeah. all we're going to get. I was holding out hope that there may be some sort of twist or something like that, uh, but I don't think we're going to get it. I think there may be some sort of uh, emotional deaths, and I think you know, I think we probably lose Tyrion. I think we lose Grey Worm. I think we lose John or Danny. I think there's going to be a lot of rough stuff that yeah. we watch in these last couple episodes. But I don't know that there's any big surprises left. I would love for there to be one more big twist or surprise or something, but I'm not really sure. They've kind of painted themselves into a corner um, in terms of an inevitable end that 
is a lot of ashes and somebody sort of grieving but on the throne and i think that's where we're headed and everybody all the actors also say like this is going to be sad it's going to wreck you and all this stuff in the in the interviews that they're doing in a cryptic yes. way so well, i don't yeah. yeah and i think that's going to be episode five just Next a week. big battle of yeah i death. think it's going to be i think it's going to be yeah amelia clark did an interview saying that it's way worse than the battle of winterfell like so i think yeah we yeah. have a link to that in our newsletter i do think though that this question about um i mean losing miss Ende, i think is a problem the show has a problem with how it treats characters of color because they For are sure. all redshirted in the terms of the dothraki and the unsullied or you know using somebody putting somebody back in chains who'd been a freed slave yeah. is really a loaded thing and i don't know that they gave it enough they could have given miss Ende like one more scene mm-hmm. although her last line was pretty good amazing pretty good um her last words being burn them all right basically well, yeah. yeah but like in so many words yeah, yeah. um i i do not think though and i again respect to the folks who think that this is like a, a problem in terms of the feminism of the show that these women are behaving as poorly as the male leaders of course they are yeah of course they're taking bad advice of course they're doing things that are aren't stupid i don't think sans is the ultimate betrayer i think she's the only one looking out for <laughs> the realm yeah. like Varys. Yeah. yeah i think she did something really responsible and good i think well, she's looking out for the North. Yeah. <laughs> no, kind of for everybody because Danny's kind of ridiculous. I also think that if you swapped in somebody else for Daenerys, like in this hypothetical, if, uh, you know, if alternate history of this show. If it if, were Euron or If something. it was Euron or Stannis or Renly or something that John was like, this dude has dragons. We need his help. I think Sansa would have also still. For sure. Based sure. on him not being a northerner, based on this person right. sort of taking over yeah. where John had been elected king, yeah. um, she would have not liked that either. So I think there's a little bit of of sort of, uh, you know, thinking that he's just doing something dumb for love that adds a gendered element to what's happening here. But I think Sansa is sort of impervious <laughs> to, like, that kind of jealousy. It's not like a, a former girlfriend. It's his sister saying, well, he thinks his sister saying, I don't know if we should be letting someone who's not a northerner right. be in charge here. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not as uh, adamant that this is a problem of some sort of lack of feminism in the writing of the show. Yeah, I, I mean, in this, we, obviously we're not going to do it now, but one of the th- interesting things about the show is that even though it is set in an extremely patriarchal world, even more so than I am, um, <laughs> it has been acclaimed as a feminist entertainment, that these women who are trapped in this horrific position that they are strapped in by this medieval society, they still are compelling and interesting and vital and real and people have liked it for that reason and it's interesting to see some people like our caller sort of start to lose that faith in it. I mean, I definitely think that Brienne storyline was problematic. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's yeah, I don't know. I just don't like that didn't seem like something Brienne would do. Right. You know, and yeah. that's frustrating yeah. because then it's sort of like you're oversimplifying these storylines and going back to like pretty tired tropes in order to like tie something up or create this drama that is not super interesting. To yeah. That I will say if you know. that had happened with Arya, if Arya had right. said yes to Gendry, if Arya had, you know, had some sort of For sure. romantic notions, yes. But actually, when I think about it, all Brienne is is a hopeless romantic. Like the romance yep. of duty, the romance of honor, all of those things are sort of naive. She's a great fighter, but she's not a she's never shown a, an intense sort of sense of agency. She's like, who can I serve? Right. Who can I? She's had this like, notion. Who of can knighthood. I be loyal to? Right, yeah, but right, she right. holds her shit together. You know, and that's the piece that I didn't. And sure, maybe you can make the argument that like she held her shit together until she like had this intimate moment with a person that she did not expect to have and. 
you know, that and for changes the first the time she wanted something but for herself. Then, like if we had had one more scene to sort of like that we where we could have seen that before going to her just losing it over yeah, this dude. I, I can I, see that. I would have appreciated that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, because it just felt a little, it was just a little too fast. Before we finished, there was a little moment in the episode that I loved. It was sort of the equivalent of uh, when somebody in a prior episode said, what does the Night King want? And we were like, oh, Trisha, there's your moment. Davos says, the Red God. What the hell? <laughs> what is he? He actually says, what does he want? He just shows up, does this, and disappears. We what fight the hell? his war, and then he's off. And then he's off. And I was like, thank you, Davos. Thank you, Davos. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. Thank you, Davos. And then that, that leads up. to the great Tyrion line, which sort of sets up these last three episodes, which is, well, but now we have to deal with us. Exactly. Uh, last two episodes. Last yeah. two episodes. <laughs> now we have to deal with us. Uh, uh, okay. Well... At that, should we call it, y'all? Yeah. I think we just need one big general sigh. Ready? (sighs) We should do deep breaths. I liked this episode. Me too. What? Oh, we have to do the whole thing again now. What? (laughs) (laughs) I thought we just talked about all the things that were wrong with it. I mean, I had some quibbles, but overall... I mean, I, I think that I'm going to like this episode more in retrospect, too, because watching the battle, which, by the way, I rewatched with the brightness on the TV oh, yeah? all the way up. Still much happening. Yeah. Oh, well, all kinds of things. <laughs> there are all kinds of coffee cups. All also, through. can we get cups, a jingle, a retroactive jingle? Oh, Arya's what? eyebrows. Arya's oh, yeah. eyebrows. Apparently, I got away with that last I week. had my headphones off before. <laughs> the patriarchy speaking, so ladies be quiet. Peter Sagal is the worst. There you go. That was you for last week. You having lots of opinions about Maisie Williams' eyebrows. We are giving you a patriarchy jingle for that. Uh, Perfect. All right. So if you want to weigh in, especially if there are any other patriarchy jingles we missed, you can use the hashtag Nerdette Recaps. Many thanks to Kittens and Puppies 110 who left us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Trisha, what did Kittens and Puppies 110 say? The ladies are great. Peter is that, 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 fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then parentheses, <laughs> kidding. Kidding. <laughs> Very funny and enlightening. They got the tote bag. Yes. All right. If you want to get a tote, go to our Instagram page. That is the easiest place to find it. The show is produced by us with help from Justin Bull. And our executive producer is Brendan Banazak. Our theme music was composed by Andrew Edwards of Blue Police Box Music. All right. See you all next week. Oh, my God. Two more. That's so Only crazy. two more. Only two more. Oh, can we play one more voicemail just really fast, Justin? Uh, Mark. Mark had a good prediction. Hi, this is Mark, and I really appreciate your show. Uh, As for predictions coming up, well, I think it's pretty clear that Peter's head's going to explode if Tyrion does not get his act in together and quit being dumb. But uh, it seems to be the way it's going. Anyhow, thanks again, and uh, looking forward to the last two shows and your recaps. I just loved that his prediction was just that you're going to be mad. I know. It was a very valid prediction. My head will, in fact, explode if Tyrion does not get his act together damned quick. I also like that in a lot of the voicemails we get, it sounds like someone is whispering because everyone else in their house is asleep. Yeah, we actually (laughs) did get one from someone who was like, hey, I'm in the closet. (laughs) It happens. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.